For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Our chat system connects the Newcastle community with its public forums for supporters globally, as well as private chats with your mates. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. You should have seen us gunning Passing the folks along the road Just as they were standing All the lads and lasses there All the smiling faces Gunning along the Scotswood Road To see the bleeding races We went to bleeding races Twas on the 9th of June 1862 on a summer's afternoon We took the bus from Bambras And she was heavy laden Where we went along Collinwood Street That's on the road to Bladen Whoa, me lads You should have seen us gunning Hello and welcome to CHN Radio. I'm your host Greg Troxell. Uh, this is your Newcastle United First Wolves recap. And before we get into it, uh, you will. This is the last time you'll be hearing me say hello and welcome because uh, Total Soccer Show. If you are not a, a fan or a subscriber or unfamiliar, they are a great uh, American-based soccer show. Even though one of them is from England, actually from Wolverhampton. Uh, Daryl, the one from Wolverhampton, passed away uh, over the weekend, and he had, and I didn't even realize that I was doing this, and I was just thinking about it over the weekend, that I, his intro is hello and welcome, and on every one of his podcasts, and I must have, being a, a listener that I am, must have just like naturally just like done that, uh, but now that is not going to happen anymore, because that should retire with him, he's like became famous for that, and uh, so I just wanted to say that is our last hello and welcome. And I don't know what the next one's going to be, but I think we should leave that one with Total Soccer Show and with Daryl. And that's the last somber bit of news for the show. Well, besides the match. Um, but so now, <laughs> a um, point, a point. Yeah, a point, a point. Uh, so we'll introduce the best damn co-host in the land, uh, Elijah Newsom. How are you, my dearest friend? I'm solid. Uh, excited to be here. I think that you should change your intro. Do uh, the the pardon my take and go. Today is uh, what is today? Tuesday. Today is Monday. Monday. Wait, Monday. Wait, no, they do it for the next day. So today is oh. Tuesday, October twenty seventh, and this is what is the name of this podcast? Ch and Radio. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, or just go like. Oh, do or steal the false nines, and maybe instead of just like corking a not wait, what do they do? They they open a beer. We should just cork bottles of whiskey and just Ooh. completely steal their thing. So they do like the we can yeah. just go boom, and then maybe maybe we just turn this into an Aston Villa sucks podcast. Yeah, uh, if you if you're if you're clueless on that, listen to the last episode of the false <laughs> nines. But uh, yeah, uh, you can find more hot takes about the Premier League. Um, on my personal Twitter at Elijah underscore Newsom. I also talk about other things on there, um, mainly Atlanta sports and how they depress me, but that's not what this podcast is mm. about. Um, yeah. And just another quick reminder, the Philadelphia Eagles are hosting a playoff game as of right now. So uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you don't even need to talk about that. Uh, also uh, just, you know, three matches left Philadelphia union supporters shield. That's just, just have to say that first trophy in club history, potentially three matches ago, they could easily blow it. So yeah. Shout out to the supporter shield because I did not realize that like, I just thought it was a name, but I didn't realize that it was like legit. <laughs> You're a big like, MLS guy. I'm a huge MLS guy. It's like but the I best trophy of the it's coolest thing. Arguably one of the best trophies on this planet. Like it literally is a supporter shield. I did not realize that. Like, I don't know why I just never like felt to look into it. And MLS for the record is not very good at, promoting their own product like it sounds really messed up to say but like greg knows it's true like they're not very good at that part like they don't really sell themselves that well mls and mlb shake hands on this oh yeah like that's that would be something that like every mls fan should know about but like i could probably guarantee you less than 40 percent of mls fans know that the supporter shield is literally funded by supporters which is sick um so anyway exchanged by yeah, all of it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it's just cool. Um, so anyway, uh, Newcastle stuff. Follow our podcast yeah. at chn underscore podcast. 
Um, always great content there. Always great stuff, especially on match days when Greg takes the, the helm. Um, and then follow the main account at Coming Home in UFC. Um, that's where you'll find all of our articles. Um, some weird tweets by me, some memes. That's actually pretty much it. Uh, articles, memes, and weird tweets. That's that's about it. And y'all getting close to the end of the month. Gonna have top prospects, loan updates. It's true. All the above. So all the above. And hey, maybe uh, maybe if we got some time, we'll start diving into Newcastle women. Yeah, I think we're legit. Might be the only site that, right at this point, Premier League site that's probably not at least writing articles about the women's teams. I would love that. I would love if we um, actually posted articles about it for sure. Yeah, if our site manager is listening, maybe never mind. I'll, maybe I'll just start doing it. Like after every match, like I don't, I don't, I won't know what happened, but I'll just say like this was the score. These were the goal scorers, and like a simple. Whatever I can get. Honestly, you can you can do that, and then just just post whatever. Like they do the videos that recap the match for you, essentially. Like their communications guy. Yeah. Which, by the way, he follows me on Twitter. This is more of us like planning on on the podcast as we normally do. Yeah. Um, but hey, potentially down the road, we talked about NUFC women content, but now we have our in um, the the guy who's over communications follows me on Twitter, so I'm just gonna DM him and be like, "Yeah, we're trying to talk about." Women. Not just women, but like Newcastle women yes. that play for the women's team. Totally. Yeah. That All was right. a hole I dug myself in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially when you started with, I want to dive into women. That wasn't, that wasn't the most, that wasn't the most uh, uh, just graceful yep. launch into this topic. Yep. But anyway, uh, let's go to three words. So after every match... We ask you to submit three words to describe how you think this match went. And you always deliver. We got some good ones. Um, Elijah, I know we got some on the main account. Do you want to pull those up and then? Yeah, I'll, I'll pull those up right now. Okay. Um, so I'll start on my end. Uh, Mr. Steelier Worldwide at yo underscore ho underscore no underscore mo. Murphy Hype Train. Yes, we are getting into that. Um, Donald Trey, <laughs> Donald Trey, Donald J. Trump. This is my scary name at Smick Ultra. The homie Don. Yeah. He's changed it because of, uh, I don't know if you guys know in America, there's an election. Um, <laughs> don't know if anyone's aware of that. It hasn't been talked about. Yep. Um, Donald says boring as shit. Um, Toon Army Gen- Denver at Mile High Magpie says Murphy saves bacon. Um, Munyaf. Munyaf Almumin. It's okay. Uh, Snap it out. You can do uh, it. <laughs> um, papering over Bruce. Eric at Stu Mandri. Didn't watch it. Thanks, Eric. <laughs> John Kelly at JK Sud 17. Murphy saves Bruce. You see the theme there. Um, Sam Cook. Always extra points when you do a three worded GIF or GIF. Uh, you follow Sam at the twenty the underscore twenty first underscore doctor says uh, the gif says what was that Alex Passine at Alex underscore Passine desperately holding on uh, Neb Nosage at I I am being eighty five only had one word but if you watch in a gif but if you watch it three times it would say lucky 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 interesting. Uh, Sandra Farn at Hockey Mom 41. Great free kick. John at Clematchpin 88. Draw despite Bruce. Chris Wares at Come on the Tune. Bruce out now. Eric Schmidt at NUFC Indiana. Midwest Tune, what a robbery at Molino. Hot Scott 75 at Mogates 75. Positive waypoint. Simon Cochran at Lucas the Bear says papered over cracks tune teddy bear at tune underscore teddy underscore bear says jammy rotten sods <laughs> uh, mark mitchell at sir milburn says absolutely fucking depressing and we got a point though uh yeah I point, points are are good uh cameron at rated nufc steve bruce out elijah take it from here 
Yeah, uh, just a couple more. Um, Matthew Perry at Pat Mary. Great. Great. At there. That's a great at. I love that. I love Fantastic. when people switch up the uh, the letters or the, the names. I love that. He says, I'll take it. David Campbell says, decent point game. And Jason, sorry, James Whitmore at JLaw underscore Broski. This is my favorite, Greg. Mighty Murphy, Mighty Murphy Power Rangers, which he put Power Rangers as one word, which I think actually is correct. So I think wow. that that counts as three words. So Mighty Murphy Power Rangers. I'm all about that. Um, but yeah, in case you missed, Newcastle drew one, one, the Wolves, uh, two late goals, both arguably very good goals. Not arguably. I would say both were good goals. Uh, yeah, we can say 1.5. I Well, I know. I'll say 1.5. Which goal do you think was not good? The Newcastle one. I think it was a lot of a goalie's mishap that it was a great goal. Fair, but I think that it was – it was a great idea. Murphy said. It was it was like the idea was there. It was like yeah. this is probably the best shot we have at scoring based on like all of our like like I don't And it know, had I to be like, hit perfectly. Yeah, so. that's what I'm saying. Like circumstantially, like had to be hit perfectly and looked good going in. Um, although like Rui Patricio got a hand on it, blah blah blah, et cetera, et cetera. But again, not important, not like that's whatever. Um, we'll get into the match. I guess where do we usually start with these lineups? I'd imagine. Oh, Which, yeah. Um, I texted Greg and I was like, I, and he was like, nah, yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen. And what, one more comment before getting in there is everyone had the, the similar things in the three words saying like papering over cracks was one of the ones, but uh, that same theme. And, you know, this is something that we need to talk about eventually, too, because, like, I mean, a manager gets, as and Luke Edwards will be the first to tell you, uh, a manager gets judged on results. And no matter how bad it is, if they're getting results, they're not, their job is not in jeopardy. And this is, like, another example where, like, you know, got a result. And, yeah, so what? We didn't look good, but got a point. And that's... Like we can yell and kick and scream all we want, and and people aren't going to like to hear this, but it doesn't matter. Like, got a result out of it. So I also on, think on the that, road at Wolves, yeah, I'll take I, a point there. I also think that in this case, the the I would say the cracks were way fewer than they were like last week. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we'll get more into this when we talk about match play. Like, I think the big drab with Newcastle this time probably was was probably offense maybe. I think people were upset that there wasn't more offense. The offense existed. There there seemed to be a decent idea of what to do going forward. Um, but for the most part, like Alan St. Maxman wasn't at his best. Um, Calum Wilson had a few chances. So it's like you kind of a perfect storm of like the opposite of what you want to happen on offense happen. Um, and I think that especially in the second half, as Newcastle kind of grew more into the game, the offense looked a little bit better. I wouldn't say it was great, but there were chances being generated. I wouldn't say chances. I would say half chances being generated because the final ball is still something that's lacking, which that's been an issue since before Rafa came. And I don't know if that's like a, a – I, I don't know what the issue is there. Um, but, yeah, so I, I – but the stuff that we were worried about with Newcastle's defense the past – honestly, the past year, this was probably one of the best defensive performances under Steve Bruce because, like, Wolves were – very frustrated um, because they really could not break through this defense. And even their goal scored really wasn't, it was against, it was against the run of play. Like it was, it was kind of, it wasn't like it didn't occur naturally uh, per se. So I, I think like it's, there was pa- cracks were papered over, but I don't think it was, it was as bad as people are, are making it out to be. Um, yeah. But yeah. All right. Now should we get into lineups? Yes, we should. And your lineups are Caro Darlow. Fabian Cher, Jamal Lascelles, Captain, Alan St. Maximin, Callum Wilson, Jamal Lewis, Jeff Hendrick, Federico Fernandez, Ryan Fraser, Jacob Murphy, and Miguel Almiron. The substitutes were Mark Gillespie, Andy Carroll, Jolinton, Isaac Hayden, Kraft, Mankio, and Sean Longstaff. Elijah, let him know. Um, I, actually, Greg, I have a question for you because you yeah. saw these lineups. Yeah. Um, and for the record, like – Greg was doing like anniversary <laughs> stuff. So like wedding anniversary, y'all. <laughs> you know, 
it, if you're married, you understand. If you're not married, you you still understand. Um, so, but uh, Greg saw the lineups. What was the first thing you kind of noticed that you were like, "Huh, that's weird." Yeah, it was definitely the lack of a right back. <laughs> well, in the starting lineup, and was, yeah, and then, <laughs> then seeing two right backs on the see, bench. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, so that was, so actually I kind of lied there. My first reaction that I noticed was, oh, that's really great. Miguel Amaran is starting. My second reaction was Isaac Hayden's on the bench. And then my third reaction was <laughs> that. <laughs> I, I think for me, the Isaac Hayden being on the bench thing, I wasn't that surprised by that. I was, I was, I think I was surprised Isaac Hayden was in the team because he did, he, he did get injured the last match. So I was like, I thought he wasn't going to start. I think seeing one central midfielder and seeing four, essentially four wingers with, wait, four, three wingers. Yeah, we had St. No, four wingers. I'm we had, okay. Yeah, Jacob Murphy. Miguel, Miguel Marron, uh, Ryan Fraser, and um, Alan St. Maxman, like you said, seeing four wingers and then seeing no midfielders outside of Jeff Hendrick, who Steve Bruce to this point has played on the wing almost exclusively. I thought that was weird, especially considering like Sean Longstaff's injury wasn't one where he was like hurt or anything. He had tonsillitis. So like he could have easily started this match um, yeah. and we could have kept the 4 2 3 1. And honestly, probably would have been fine because like you don't expect Sean Long like Sean Longstaff has gotten better at his defensive duties but obviously he's much more creative playmaker type guy but would have held that Shelby role while kind of while uh um Jeff Hendrick would have kind of taken the Isaac Hayden role of kind of being more defensive minded midfielder of the two um but again it was it was all a bit strange um I think no one kind of knew what we were doing I think at certain points people thought we were still going to run the 4-2-3-1 uh people thought Fraser was gonna be at right back and I was like they're like, oh, well, he's like, he's he's more disciplined than Jacob Murphy. I was like, no, you guys are using logic to determine Fraser's going to be right back. Steve Bruce looks at Ryan Fraser and looks at Jacob Murphy and goes, huh, Jacob Murphy's taller. He's a right back. Ryan Fraser, <laughs> he, he's not going to be playing in defense. He's too short. I mean, and yeah, he's 5'4". It, it makes sense in this case. Like, Ryan Fraser might be the better defender than Jacob Murphy, but he, he physically is like not – a good option to be in anyone's defense. He's, he's literally five, four. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a bit odd all around. Um, and yeah, it was weird. You, no one knew what formation Newcastle was going to run. Um, and an odd one too, because Steve Bruce also said that he hadn't really changed his formation since the beginning of the season, but Newcastle have played like four different formations um, since the beginning of the season. So I, I maybe Steve Bruce is, I, I don't, maybe he's, just I think maybe he thinks formation is different than lineup I'm not really sure what he's 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 going about with but uh yeah Greg uh I think this was a 5-3-2 correct um so the, so actually I have a stat about this formation okay oh. um what's you say I just said oh yeah uh it was 5-3-2 but this was the fifth formation Newcastle United has used to start the Premier League, we've played six matches. They've used five yeah. formations. So I got a 4-4-2, a 4-2-3-1, a 4-1-4-1, a 5-4-1, and now a 5-3-2. Uh, that is the most ever to start a season in Newcastle history. Uh-huh. Not according to Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce is claiming that this is the same for- – he goes, it's the same formation, but we've either decided to do a back four or back five, depending on the opponent. And I'm like, that admission alone – is like proof that it's not the same formation. <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> it is not. Um, but yeah, it was a five three two. Uh, Jacob Murphy was the was the weird one. Well, actually, there were three players that was kind of the weird ones. Alan St. Maxman and Cal Wilson being the front two is not really that surprising. We saw Alan St. Maxman playing as a secondary striker in a five three two before. Um, Jacob Murphy as a right wing back that's a bit surprising. Fabian Chair in a back three is is ideal and he actually kind of proved it he played quite well uh this match all cells um, alongside him uh jamal lewis 
at left back, left wing back, not really a big surprise there as well. But yeah, of course, Jacob Murphy at that right wing back spot was a bit of a surprise. And we'll get into that in a little bit, um, actually, right after this. But I think the biggest surprise, because I don't think Jacob Murphy as a right wing back was that big of a surprise to listeners of this show. But the biggest surprise was a three-man midfield with Jeff mm-hmm. Hendrick being the anchor of that midfield with Ryan Fraser, who again is 5-4, and Miguel Amaron, who is, is not a central midfielder, Playing as the three central, playing as three central midfielders, it was a gamble that I guess paid off because Newcastle weren't particularly punished for it. I felt as if at some point they were going to get punished for having like a non-traditional midfield of guys who don't normally play in the midfield. Maybe they get tired, something like that. But they just never were punished. In fact, arguably the midfield was better than. No, no, I wouldn't say – yeah, I w- that's not even arguable. The midfield was better than expected. They played well. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, all things considered, they, they and played – it was well. pretty injury-enforced, the reason we had to go to this. But uh, but also just it, not injury-enforced in some cases because, yeah. like, technically Newcastle could have rolled out a 4-2-3-1 because, again, Sean – like, the injury-enforced thing bugs me because, like, this is one of those things where, yes, there were injuries – but this is like the last possible resort you could go to, which is just playing not one, not two, but three players just out of position when you have healthy players of those positions. Like, it's not like Sean Longstaff was unhealthy. He had tonsillitis, and I'm pretty sure he was the Longstaff that played in the U23s match, right? This past the, the one we talked about. Oh, oh, so Maddie played in the U23s match. So – that's even worse because now you have two central midfielders that are available out of, you know, the many that you have. And you also do have two right backs that you could have played. So it, it's, it is a bit weird to pull the injury card, but technically Newcastle were injured. Yes. Isaac Hayden was out. John Joe Shelby was out, but that has nothing to do with the fact that Jacob Murphy started at right wing back. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was i mean i, I, I uh, uh, who knows i mean i guess honestly i could see bruce going with the idea that he has to start mcgillamroing but he also in his mind believes that against wolves he has to play a back five so how does he do that and i guess this was his solution i think he could have gone maybe five four one here and sat fraser but he also had he also felt he had to play fraser and had to play Miguel and had to play Alan St. Maxman. So it was a weird one, but I think it was a problem Bruce created in his own head. When in reality, I don't think fans would have been mad if Fraser was dropped or Almiron was dropped, as long as one of the one of the two was playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and it, there, you'll, you'll notice from this that there just was not a lot of just uh, the, there wasn't any continuity or progress in this formation in the first half. Now, just as a, as of pure uh, honesty, because that's what we bring to you people is mm. I was on a road in Arizona in the middle of nowhere with no service uh, driving back during this match to Las Vegas. So we're going to do this one a little bit differently, but so I want to, I want to do more of, of recapping the first half. Uh, now I did watch like highlights and things, but we we know that only goes so far. So especially Elijah, with when there was yeah, not many highlights. Exactly. So Elijah, give me give me a first half like wins, losses, just all around recap uh, for the first forty five minutes of this one. I think the biggest win out of the first half, in my opinion, was that like that Newcastle makeshift midfield was able to like function. I think a lot of people were a bit upset with Jeff Hendrick because he had some bad giveaways. He wasn't really great at providing spark on offense. But again, like as we noticed and as we pointed out, both on paper in in our writing as well as um, just on this podcast, we're not really looking for Jeff Hendrick to be an offensive powerhouse. So I wasn't really shocked that Jeff Hendrick was struggling to be the the offensive mastermind in the midfield. I'll say this, uh, Newcastle controlled the ball when they had possession, which um, under Bruce, they really haven't been able to do against teams that I would say are better than them, like on paper. Uh, Wolves, I think, is a better team on paper than Newcastle. 
Um, when they won the ball, it wasn't like, let's hoof it forward and let's try to like be really contain possession. They worked the ball slowly at the pitch. And Wolves kind of let them. Wolves put kind of no real pressure on Newcastle um, in the first half to like force them. Pre- like they didn't press them or anything to force them into any mistakes. Like all the mistakes Newcastle made were their own doing. Um, and both teams kind of made the same mistakes over and over again in the sense of neither team looked threatening with their final balls. I mean, they would both work it down into the final third, pass it around, and whatever the cross or pass was was easily intercepted. It was just a bad pass or just like something that just wasn't dangerous enough. So that's kind of the big takeaway from it. Um, obviously, Wolves were incredibly frustrated. Newcastle sat back and defended fairly well. Um, and that just Greg with papering cracks and all that kind of stuff. But and I mentioned this earlier, like Newcastle defensively were solid. I mean, like it looked kind of like the Roth mini test Newcastle, where it's like, yeah, the other team may have a lot of shots, but a lot of those shots were frustration shots. They were long range shots. They weren't threatening shots. Darlow really didn't have to do much work. He had to make one big save at the beginning of the first half. And outside of that, he was bullying. He was out there straight chilling like a G. Like there was nothing he could really he really had to do because like the shots they were taking were awful off target. Nothing like it was bad uh, for Wolves. They were easily frustrated And Newcastle. On the other hand, um, didn't really do much offensively, but it, it was really because they lacked the ability to create that final ball, that final chance, really get it in a dangerous position for Cal Wilson or someone to put it away. Yeah, no, definitely. It, and, and like you have to, you have to take your chances eventually uh, but you you just can't rely on just uh, not you you just can't continuously rely on nothing to happen uh, over a season. Now, obviously, we see where we are right now, and uh, Newcastle seven points clear of of relegation or eight or something like that. And well, what whatever we points we have minus one because that's what the bottom three have. It's one yeah. point. So like we're taking our chances fine in comparison to the table, but you know you don't want to see purely halves like that where it's nothing but also you have to check where you are like we're playing a team that's finished better than us for a few seasons now we're on the road against them you know you're playing a team that i think at the time Wolves were in like fourth or something despite them having like not them not looking good by wolf standards they've they've only lost once i think like they've they've been a a solid team to start the season not really grabbing the headlines like everton because They've won a couple matches, one nil. They didn't. They don't really have a big signature win. I believe they might have beaten Fulham or something like three nothing. Nothing crazy. Yeah. So, um, you know, whatever. Uh, but they're still wolves. Like they still have Raul Jimenez. They still have a lot of really good pieces that they've added this this transfer window. So you you do take where you take it where you can get it. And then I guess you want to go to the second half. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's. Let's take a break and then go to the second half. Oh, okay. Let's take that break. And then Elijah is going to tell us, we'll we'll, we'll talk about goals. How's that sound? We'll do that right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Don't settle for an old Gmail address. Show your true colours with your personalised at ToonArmy.com email address to use in-app or on the web. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, Elijah, do, let's do the same thing. Uh, give us, give us your your wins, your losses, your good, your bad, uh, up until the seventy eighth minute. <laughs> I oh sorry, do have to mention this because this was a win in the first half. That I didn't really talk about Miguel Almiron was 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 Newcastle's best player by by large. And this is not even something like, again, as you guys know, I'm a biased Miguel Amaron fan, but this is something that I wasn't even like, I'm like, I don't know if I'm all about this because I thought he struggled in the first 10 to 15 minutes. He was a little bit out of position at times, but I thought he was, he was good overall. But I mean, the general consensus from everyone else was that Miguel Amaron was the best player for Newcastle um, by and large, him and Jacob Murphy, uh, Important to note, Jacob Murphy in that first half looked good at right wing back. But also important to note that um, Daniel Potence didn't really test Jacob Murphy at all. He Potence really kind of drifted inside a lot, which allowed J- 
Jacob Murphy kind of like to not really have to do anything defensively, which mm-hmm. I guess was a good thing. Um, he did get tested a little more in the second half, but as a right wing back, he was doing well. He provided a couple key crosses. Probably the best chances in the first half came from uh, Jacob Murphy's crosses. So give those two a shout out for the first half performances. Um, again, I thought Miguel really grew into the game, was very solid, worked very hard um, as he does. And in a game like this where Newcastle are defending, obviously uh, if you have a player that's supposed to be an attacker, work hard and track back defensively, everyone's going to be like, wow, this player put in a good shift. Wow, this player is great. Um, and that's literally what happened. Like we'll get into it, I guess now, like when Ryan Fraser got subbed off, like they had just finished talking about how great McGowan was. And they're like, well, Hey, Ryan Fraser gets subbed off, man. What a great day he had as well. And Ryan Fraser literally did nothing this match offensively, but he just defended well. And it's like, it's not a good sign if because they've defended so well, but again, that's a whole nother story. Second half was essentially more of the same wolves. Very frustrated. Newcastle when they had possession, which was rare, they were able to move the ball up the field, um, not really turn the ball over, not a lot of pressure from Wolves. Um, again, I wouldn't say the offense looked great, but it's better than – I think that if you have a John Joe Shelby, again, we pick on him a lot, but he just tends to do this. And I will say this, Fabian Cher did this at times as well. Um, they're going to look for the Hollywood ball. And because you didn't have players that were looking for the Hollywood ball, um, like Newcastle were able to work it up and kind of create – a decent amount of, of threat in the final third. Um, all things considered, there were a couple good moments uh, in this match. Landon created himself a little bit of a chance, nothing crazy. Um, but again, more of the same. Uh, it, it honestly did look like this game was going to end in a draw, Greg. I, I mean, neither team really looked like it looked like if an, it, I'd say this. Wolves definitely looked like they were going to score at some point, but it also felt like as if they scored, like it wouldn't be like, I don't know. It just didn't feel like either team, like it didn't feel like Wolves were the better team. It felt like Wolves were a frustrated team, but if you have all this possession, you're not able to do anything reasonable or meaningful with it. Not really force Darlow to work. Then like, I don't know if you really deserve the draw because I feel like that's what Newcastle's game plan was, was frustrate Wolves and make it so they're just taking absurd shots. And that's kind of what happened. Um, I guess the goal, um, we can talk about the goal, which happens later on. And I guess before that, Wolves made changes, Newcastle made changes, mainly Newcastle. uh, They brought on Sean Longstaff for Allenton Maxman, who did not have a great game. I'd say about two straight games where Allenton Maxman hasn't looked particularly great. Um, And they brought on Joel Linton for Ryan Fraser. Um, Kind of rolled with the – I think at this point they might have switched formations. I'm honestly not sure. I, I would imagine they did. I think Joel – actually, no. I think Joel Linton went as the second striker and then um, Sean Longstaff joined the midfield is what happened. Um, yeah, I mean, and right before that they had a decent chance. Adama Torreira came on, and honestly he was okay, but again, not effective, not, not that effective for Wolves. Um, but finally, they got a free kick, Wolves, in the 80th minute. Uh, Jimenez scored. Um, Neto rule, uh, Neto whipped in a free kick. It was cleared, fell right to Jimenez, top of the box, volley. I mean, there's really not much you can do there for Carl Darlow. At this point, you're like, eh, Newcastle might lose this. Actually, I was like, Newcastle going to lose this, but it doesn't feel like a deserved loss. I would, I would go as far to say it's a good loss in the grand scheme of things when you look at Goal differential is important for Newcastle. Good loss. But, I mean, Greg, the football god smiled upon Newcastle. <laughs> and, and um, I mean, Newcastle win a free kick in the 88th minute. Um, and this is a weird one, Greg, because we talk about how Steve Bruce is not the best at subbing players. And he yeah. made his substitutions this time. Um, in the 79th minute, again, a little late by pretty much everyone's standards who's ever managed a, a soccer team. Um, but again, not a huge deal. The players he brought on the subs made sense. Uh, Fraser, it wasn't that Fraser played bad, but there was really not a lot of offensive creativity coming from Fraser. 
Alan St. Maxman wasn't, again, he wasn't bad, but he wasn't playing like Alan St. Maxman. So kind of like switch it up, do whatever. I mean, just why not let Joel Linton and Sean Longstaff get a run? And to, to their credit, Longstaff looked good. He looked lively. He looked like he might actually have an opportunity to start the next match. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're playing Everton, so I, I would not start him because he's not that great of a defender. But again, who knows? Um, but they look lively. But he then, Steve Bruce, as he always does, has his late substitution where it's like, why is this player coming on for five minutes? And, and this is the one time, Greg, it worked out because what happens here is Newcastle have a free kick. It's in a weird position. It's like on the right-hand side, uh, right outside the box on the right-hand side. So you can either swing in across here or take a shot. If you take a shot, it's going to be a wicked angle. It's going to be an angle where you're going to have to do something kind of crazy to kind of sneak it in near post, or maybe you have to like curl it in top left-hand corner. It's going to be a, a pretty hard shot. Your cross is probably your best bet at getting a goal here. So Steve Bruce at this point has been holding a sub for Andy Carroll and rushes him on here for this, for this free kick. And I'm thinking, Hey, this is going to be across Andy Carroll. Ryan Fraser is like our only free kick taker kind of on the pitch at this point. Sean no, Longstaff. He, he was off the pitch. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You're right. He, he was, I, I was saying like it at, during this match, I mean, I guess Alan St. Maxman, I haven't really seen him take a free kick. I would imagine he's good at free kicks. But Ryan Fraser, we've seen him take free kicks in the prim before. Like, if Newcastle won a free kick earlier in the match, it would have been Fraser or, or St. Maxman, and neither one of them were, were on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sean Longstaff was on the pitch. Uh, Joel Linton was on the pitch. Uh, neither one of them I would like taking free kicks, especially Sean Longstaff. He's skied every free kick we've seen from him. So, I was honestly very shocked. I was like, I don't know who's going to take this free kick. Um, they saw, as they said, Miguel and was he was lined up over it. Fabian Cher, that makes sense. I mean, he's he seems like the kind of guy that takes free kicks, a center back takes free kicks. And then the the other person, Jacob Murphy. Again, never really seen Murphy take a free kick before. Um, not even in a cup match, nothing like that. So I didn't know what to expect. And I see Andy Carroll's on there. I'm like, all right, well, two of those guys are good at crossing the ball. Fabian Shear can put a decent ball in. Let's just swing a ball in. Let's hope a guy gets on it. Hopefully it's Andy Carroll. Maybe it's Joel Lent. You got a lot of big buys in there, Federico Fernandez. And what happens is, Andy Carroll's on there. Joel Lent is on there. And that that substitution of Andy Carroll, Greg, is the one thing that maybe made Rupertio second-guess himself. And has not scored from Newcastle yet. Is a threat on set pieces. You just have to take that into consideration. And this allowed Jacob Murphy to sneak in a goal. Curls it around the wall. Wall set up terribly. Again, that's on Rupert Patricio. Wall set up terribly. Sneaks it in. Gets it to the near post. Rupert Patricio gets a glove on it, but it's not enough. Newcastle sneak away from this with a point. And honestly, Greg, after that, I mean, there were still a few minutes left. Probably six or so minutes left. Like, Newcastle could have – they could have gone for another goal and maybe walked away with the win. But at the end of the day, it was a draw. Uh, I'd say a deserved draw. Both teams really didn't look great on offense. Um, I mean, fight me in the comments if you if you disagree. But I would argue Wolves, for what we're expecting Wolves to be, they didn't really look that great. And, I mean, credit to Bruce in this situation. He got – that part right i guess but i don't know greg i think i've talked a lot of, i've summed up the match yeah uh you did a great job i think we should just make this a one-man show um yeah, well, we've actually done that before and people have said they don't <laughs> like it so we're that's never gonna happen um <laughs> <laughs> uh, no you did great and and yeah I, I love i love what you said about the free kick because yeah that that set up the potential goal uh, there are good things that Steve Bruce does. We've mentioned pretty much all of them. Still count them on one hand, but we might say uh, it's not a lot. But we've mentioned the good we've things. Them. <laughs> so you can't say that we've been negative the entire time. Uh, but yeah, that that led us to our that goal. And yeah, a little bit of an error on the keeper, and a very cheeky shot by Murphy, and a very good setup by. Andy Carroll building that reputation and then Steve Bruce for throwing him in. But also one thing I just want to say outside of the goal and, and the match is like this conversation is getting a little bit louder and louder now, but Jacob Murphy premier league. Yeah. He's, he's I, starting I mean, more I, and more to get these opportunities and he's not 
I mean, he's we're not calling him the worst player of the match. We're not saying he's yeah. dreadful. No one's saying that. Um, we're we're kind of assimilating him to Almiron in the way of like his work rate, just always going for it. Um, and that's the type of players that we need right now. So yeah, and I I do think that. that I think the conversation now has shifted a little bit because it's like, if if you can, I wouldn't say Jake and Murphy is a right back, but look at Matt Ritchie and how good he was at left wing back. I mean, we all have our complaints about Matt Ritchie, um, mainly that like sometimes he doesn't pass the ball and sometimes just whips in crosses. But essentially, Jacob Murphy played the Matt Ritchie role I would say better than Matt Ritchie because his crosses were dangerous crosses that looked good. Uh, and so, I don't know. I, 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 I like that wild card, and I do think that there could be a future there for him um, at a right wing back spot if Newcastle chooses to roll out with the back five permanently. I don't, I don't know if that's ever going to really happen. Um, I mean, they're comfortable with it. They can play with it. I mean, I don't really know Steve Bruce's ability. Is that the, the current makeup of the team? But – Definitely that right being right right wing back spot. He definitely surprised me. I also think he could be really good as a winger. I mean, he's got the pace. He's got the ability to deliver in good balls. It's certainly a different type of winger than we normally have. Um, I think a lot. I mean, eh, maybe he's like kind of similar to Miguel Amarone. Um, but I, I'd like. I think like Ryan Fraser and and Allison Maxman certainly both are a little bit cr- shiftier, craftier on the ball than both. Uh, Almiron and Murphy, but it's nice to see. Like I, I don't know. I, I I think at this point, I'm I'm confident saying Jacob Murphy is at least at a minimum a guy who should be on the bench for Newcastle every single match. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's a good call. I'm not saying him out on loan. I I was a proponent saying that he should go out on loan to like one of the recently relegated Premier League sides um, and see if he can make the team there. And Steve Bruce Captain said he was good enough, and I think he's right. I think he's proving that. Uh, Jacob Murphy's proving that he belongs and that's that's a really, really good sign, especially for what we paid for him. I think it was 15 mil, is that right? Or 10? Maybe I'm getting that way wrong. I don't um, know. I, uh, I'm going to look it, it up. Was, it was a hefty fee for him. Yeah, I mean, and that was a Rafinita uh, signing and we all was, wanted that to work out. It was oh, 12, 12.4 million US dollars. Yeah. So 10, 10 million pounds around. Yeah, pretty hefty fee for, for to not get much out of him. But the fact that he was able to improve and grow with our like world-class facilities that we have at Newcastle really, really shows that the price is worth it. Yeah, agreed. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. What what what's next for uh, for this match outside of the obvious of like I've already said I mean both teams kind of really lacked in their final balls and it's kind of fitting that neither team scored from open play because neither team really ever looked like they should or would <laughs> score from open play yeah and we'll get into that uh, we'll um, we'll take a break we'll get into quotes and stats and we'll wrap up the rest of this match recap right after this. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a match with live commentary, goal alerts, lineups, in-game stats and TV and radio links for over 100 leagues globally. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Oh yeah, Elijah, you ready for some Steve Bruce, Bruce quotes? Am I ready? I've Are got some ready? quotes of my own as well to, to add on to Steve Bruce quotes. T. Bruce Croaks because uh, we, we, there, there's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. He said, it would have been a bit unfair if we had lost it and there wasn't much in it. When you come to play against Wolves, they, they do have really good possession of the ball, but it's certainly, but certainly the way the midfield players tried to adapt and make sure it was difficult for them, that's what it had to be. We're delighted to come here and take a point in difficult circumstances. I'm pleased for Jacob in particular who has been knocking on the door since preseason, and I'm really delighted for him. I saw him taking free kicks on Thursday when it comes off the training ground and goes in. Fair play to him. It's not, He makes it sound like it's, a, oh, saw him on Thursday, figured I should throw him in the game. <laughs> like, he, like, it's just, I hope it's not true, but part of me thinks it is. Um, 
he he's hit it and got around the wall, whether he's blaming the goalkeeper, I'll let Nuno go work with that, but it was a good strike. Jacob is last on the training pitch and practices these sort of things. So when he has the confidence to step up and push a few out of the road to, and take it, I'm delighted to go and play this year. Like he has, he has done and what wingback role too. I'm absolutely delighted for him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> Yep. I, I just love how how he how he said that. But he also said, um, uh, like a lot of good, like he mentioned, like how the midfield. He said we didn't have any natural midfield players who wanted to win the ball back today. We have to defend yeah. better than we have done of late. We've we have to be hard to beat. He mentioned that, which I agree with. He said uh, it was hard work, but that's the Premier League. Almiron does all of the hard work. It's very hard for me to leave him out. He's a manager's delight. He ran himself to a standstill. We are still trying to find balance to the team. It won't happen overnight, but we are trying to change the way we play. Yeah. Um, I have, I have, I have one quote from uh, the one Jacob Murphy. Ah, um, I was going there next. You go, take it, take it away. Oh, oh actually, you can go. Go ahead, go ahead. You go. Okay, now I'm telling you to do it, though. So, you, you take it away. He said, Jacob Murphy said, I was a bit nervous going into the game. My brother gave me reassuring words before kickoff. I have worked hard in training and took my chance. Last night in the hotel, I did a bit of research on the goalie. I knew anything hard and low would catch him out. I looked around at the side of the wall and saw a little gap there, and I thought, yeah, hit it there. Uh, he talked about Callum Wilson saying that he held everything out for us and got us up there when we needed it. He gave us a chance to get back into the game. Uh, it was frustrating, and we played a lot of attacking players. We wanted to get up the field more. Wolves are a good team, but we came away with a point. Just want just want to point out, this is what I was excited about. Um, Newcastle tweeted out a clip of him saying this, and I would say outside of the comments that were just Bruce out and the comments – Shout out Mouth of the Tyne, uh, Burnsy, we know it's you, saying that Jacob Murphy deserves to play um, for Newcastle, which, again, not a hot take. But We're not even doing hot takes of the week, but, again, not a hot take at this point. Um, he's played well this season. Uh, the, the, the remainder of the, of the comments were all <laughs> – they're all glad he researches the opponents because Steve Bruce doesn't – or. Glad he researches the opponents because that's not something Bruce does. Oh yes. wow, Bruce knows. Bruce now knows he can re- like. I'm all about that. Thank you to the Newcastle fans for bringing that up because um, it is funny because it's kind of funny how like Steve Bruce at all nothing about oh hey this is Wolves we knew they like he didn't even say like oh this is Wolves we knew that they're an attacking team and we need. back and defend well against him. He didn't even say that, which would be like, a, hey, I looked at the Wolves goalkeeper. I knew where to place the ball. And then shout out to one comment um, in particular from Ad Day Nuhui. Nuhui, I don't know how to say this name. Uh, I think a Sheffield Wednesday fan based on his Avi or her Avi um, says, hard and low in the corner. Oh, wait. Yeah, did two comments. Harlow in the corner, incredible research that is. I would have said slow and straight down the middle, which is pretty funny because Harlow in the corner is where you shoot at every shot. It's the hardest spot for any keeper to reach. Again, that's good shout there. And then James says, which you can follow him at Jimmy TTTT. TTTT. Wait, there's four T's. It's Jimmy and four T's. He says, low and hard is a new one on Pornhub. Mine, Jacob. Fair fucks, pal. So that's a good one. Yeah. Which that's, that's objectively pretty funny. Good, <laughs> good out there, Jimmy. You took quotes to a new level with tweet quotes. That's a good one. Good one. All right. Hey, well, you know, stats. Got to, got to keep, keep the people guessing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's do some stats. Um, that was the fourth straight draw between Newcastle and Wolves. Wow, we should have picked a draw for this then. In addition, <laughs> um, I, I feel like that's something that I usually pick up on. I'm like, oh hey, we we've 
drawn like three or we've there like um, like last season we were pretty spot on we're like oh in the past three matches we've there's it's only been like a one nil score line between Newcastle and Burnley this was going to be one nil or something like that <laughs> and uh we just didn't do that for Wolves so um wow we're on the hot seat there yeah uh, that's our that's we are now unbeaten. We did say this on the preview is that Newcastle were unbeaten in their last six trips to Molino. That now is seven. Uh, we've never lost in the at Molino in the Premier League. Uh, no team has managed to keep a clean sheet in eleven Premier League games between Wolves and Newcastle. Been both teams have scored in every game in eleven straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, crazy. And then Jacob Murphy got his second goal for Newcastle. Uh, his first came in January of 2018. And do you know against two? His first goal in January of what? 2018. You definitely know the goal. It was – I don't. It was – okay, this is second Premier League goal, you said, or second goal in general. That, his, that was his first Premier League goal. In 2018, he just scored his second on Sunday. Oh, it was against was that Man City? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Where it. he just had like he just he came was he a sub and he came on and like like Newcastle already lost the game. It was like maybe it was three nothing, and and he just came on and and just like diced up the Man City. <laughs> and then yeah. we're like, okay, Jacob Murphy, thanks for that three that one goal in the 85th minute. Thank you for that. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Going to expected goals. Newcastle had a 0.25 expected goal tally to Wolves 0.76. So pretty much one nothing was the expected run of play. Um, Do you know who had the most expected goals for Newcastle? Maybe Alan St. Maxman? No, he finished in fifth. Jeff Hendrick in fourth. Callum Wilson in third, Jacob Murphy in second, and Miguel Almiron. Yep. Wow. Uh, point one though, so like barely. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that counts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, expected assists went to Callum Wilson, also point one. Uh, yeah. So just a couple extra stats from expected. As far as chances go, it was. Very even. Wolves had led with 45% of the chances. Um, We had 16 shots for Wolves, but only three on target from our five shots with two on target. So, yeah. just Yeah. uh, By the way, a lot of people in the the comments talking about, oh, Rube Patricio only had to deal with two shots on target. Carl Darlow only had to deal with three shots on target. So, like, again, not as bad as people are making it out to be. Like, Wolves – it was a deserved draw. Like, I understand being frustrated that Newcastle didn't look particularly great. But, like, also take take note that Newcastle forced Wolves, a good team, to not look good. Um, yeah. Like, objectively, like, I mean, I'm saying this in, like, as someone who is friends with other fans and they watched the match as well. I was like, oh, wow, Wolves did not look good in this match. Newcastle looked good in this match. A draw seems reasonable. Yeah. Uh, last stat is expected points. Uh, Wolves were expected to get 1.79 points. Newcastle was 0.78 points. So like that two to, two points to one, obviously that, that comes out to a draw in real life scenarios uh, with Wolves with the better chance of winning, but um, expected looking like a draw there. So 538, Where's Newcastle going to finish? Not relegation. That's where. Uh, they have us finishing in 16th. Right now, at least. <laughs> <laughs> they have us finishing in yeah. 16th place uh, at 41 points. Uh, that would be ahead of Burnley, Sheffield United, West Brom, and Fulham. Newcastle have a 25% chance to be relegated, a 1% chance to qualify for the Champions League, and still a less than 1% chance of winning the Premier League. I know we're still going for it. We're still alive. And there is a 5% chance of a top 10 finish for Newcastle. Okay. 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 All right. Um, who is who is your worst player, Elijah? 
Oh man, this is uh uh oof. I don't know. I feel like everyone was was fairly solid. I think Jamal Lewis again struggled and um shout out to Ken McCauley, who is a former SB Nation writer now working with um geez, I'm I'm forgetting. It's the new women's team in LA Angel City FC. Yeah, she's working with them doing like player development, much deserved. Great, great stuff. If you have a chance to read her work throughout SB Nation or just in general, be sure to do it. Excellent author, great at evaluating players, et cetera, et cetera. Um, she mentioned like because Everton also they had an interesting match where they started a Norwich defender as well. They're like, it's very interesting that a lot of teams went in and like went all in on Norwich defenders because they were young. When like people just forgot Norwich had one of the worst defenses in the Premier League. And it's like, I hate that she's right in this situation where it's like, yeah, like Jamal Lewis has been fine for Newcastle, but he hasn't been like great. He hasn't been like how much money we paid for a left back. Good. Like in the sense of Jetro Willems on a loan with an option to buy for five mil arguably is a better option at left back than Jamal Lewis right now. That's just my opinion. I don't know if it's, it, I wouldn't say it's a hot take. He just really, since the first match he had, he, he was good in the first match since that match. He really hasn't looked great again. Hasn't been bad enough to be punished for it, but again, like hasn't looked great. So I'd say he's probably the worst player for me. Yeah. And, and uh, I'll just do who scored. So who scored said the worst player for Newcastle, uh, with a 6.11, which isn't bad, uh, is Fabian Cher. Which, I mean, uh, that's probably because of his terrible, probably not a good pass completion percentage, I would imagine. Uh, 83.6%, which is... Oh, well, yeah. that's that's really good, actually. Yeah. It's actually quite good. I wonder yeah. why his, his rating's so low. Uh, maybe just because he didn't do anything uh, yeah. good to improve it. It just seemed like Jamal... I, I went, yeah, and I would say Jamal Lewis probably, like, he wasn't really tested that much. He looks fine at certain points. But when you have a guy who's his bread and butter is, like, offense, and he doesn't – and, like, our offense doesn't do well, and he's, like, an offensively-minded fullback, and the other offensively-minded fullback was probably the man of the match. Like, it just it just doesn't look great for Jamal Lewis in, in that regard. I'm sure in the long run he'll be fine because for Newcastle – having a left back is an improvement over what we've had the past two seasons. So um, shout out to shout out to Jamal Lewis for being a fullback um, best player. Um, I think that it's pretty clear and obvious. I think Jacob Murphy's probably up there for a lot of people. Um, I mean, he was great as a right wing back playing out of position, uh, playing a wing back role. Um, and then, like I said, in the first half, he wasn't really tested, but in the second half he was tested uh, and, and he was good. I mean, he 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 rose up to the challenge. Um, anytime anyone came down uh, that that wing, he was he was solid. I mean, there was nothing really like to there were no real defensive mistakes from Jacob Murphy there. Um, so I mean, give him his credit towards due. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Greg was pretty early on mentioning when he was at Sheffield Wednesday that his first couple appearances for Sheffield were a right wing back. So it's not completely unfamiliar position for him. And he, and he, I could see a similar path that he took at Sheffield happening here where he impressed that right wing back. And then eventually the manager was like, all right, well, he's producing a lot offensively from this right wing back spot. Let's try him at right, right mid right wing. And he kind of took that and never looked back for Sheffield. So yeah, I hope that happens here. Um, I do want to, mention um it's it's kind of a a worse player dig uh but i want to say this john joe shelby like he, he's not good um in my opinion and i've i've made this clear especially after last match but especially like in how he defends and i just want the record to show that in one match at at central midfield like Miguel Amron and Ryan Fraser arguably looked better than John Joe Shelby has as a central midfielder all season. Again, there's a lot of things to take into consideration. Obviously, Newcastle were defending more of this match, but as it stands, Miguel Amron had, 
And I, I'm, I'm pulling this up again, Greg, just so that I don't get this wrong. Because I don't want to mess this up. Because I don't want to, like, make Georgia look worse than he is. Because he's not good. But y'all are wrong. Uh, <laughs> he had 12 duels one, which is good in general. Eight tackles that he that he attempted, uh, which is more than John Joe has attempted. Actually, that's the same as John Joe's attempted this entire season, eight tackles. So in one match of playing central midfield, Miguel Amaron has attempted the same amount of mat- the same amount of tackles John Joe Shelby has attempted in the Premier League this whole season, starting and completing every single match up until this point, like this season, which is absurd. Ryan Fraser, similar situation, where he had two tackles attempted, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. But that's still more than John Joe has had in his, in like, I think three, two, two, two of the games he's had so far. He's had two tackles or less. So again, John Joe Shelby as a defender, not great, um, especially when you consider that as a central midfielder, you're expected to be decent at defending and attacking, and he's. Not been good at either. Both Ryan Fraser and Nagamaron had better pass completion percentage than Jojo Shelby has averaged this season from the midfield position. Again, I don't know. It just doesn't look great for John Joe. I, I don't I don't know why. Like if he's back from injury at some point, I honestly would look at other options because like it's at a point where it's not like I'm not saying John Joe Shelby's like bad, but like I don't understand. I don't think anyone could be worse than he is right now. Is that, does that make sense, Greg? Like, I feel like starting Sean Longstaff there isn't worse than starting John Joe Shelby there. Starting Akaf Lazar there might be worse though. Okay. Fair. I mean, <laughs> but it, it's all actually, it's only worse because Akaf Lazar is being played out of position, which by the way, <laughs> Greg, and this is a random aside, but Akaf Lazar uh, posted all the pictures on his, on his Insta story. I forgot to send this to you. Actually he made an Instagram post of, of him in the U23s match. And, of course, because of the season, it kind of looks like Akraf Lazar is a first-team player in Newcastle. So mm-hmm. all these people in Morocco probably think Akraf Lazar is a first-team player in Newcastle based on the fact that he just posted some pictures of him in the U23s match, in which he looks good. But, again, classic Akraf. Yep, Akraf. Uh, who scored uh, top three players? There's three Newcastle players that had a seven or above. Uh, we had a 7.47 for Alan St. Maximin, a 7.52 for Miguel Amaran, and a 7.74 for Jacob Murphy. Um, that's, that's that. That's that, yeah, Eliza. I love that. Do you have any last sure. words? Um, I think I'll, I'll just I, – I don't know. I feel like I sound like a broken record, and if you – if you hate it, turn it off. All in all, a draw is deserved. Whether or not this team looked good in the process of it is kind of up to you, up to whoever watched it. But to look at this match and say Newcastle deserved to lose would be deserved to lose would just be I don't want to say ignorant, but would just be a bit crude um and, and a bit rude. Not sorry, a bit crude and a bit harsh to say that they deserve to lose this match. Um mm-hmm. I mean like Wolves wasn't great, and that kind of was the game plan. It was force Wolves to be bad, and it worked. Like they weren't, they weren't good. <laughs> yeah, they were not. All right. Well, that's going to conclude this episode of CHN Radio. Uh, we'll see you on Wednesday. Uh, we'll be back in your ears for our weekly show, episode one fifty two, and we have a lot to talk about in that one. So stay tuned. We have a Mike Ashley statement that we have to dissect for sure Uh, but so we'll see you in a couple days but so until then we loved you and we still love you Uh, so I'm your host Greg Troxell that's the best damn co-host in the land Elijah Newsom and this is the best song in the world coming home to Newcastle we'll see you in a couple days and wait the rest love you If you never win the cup again, I'll pray the dark at St. James's Park. If the Gallagher's end in the rain, I'm coming home.
to be a Geordie Think they live in Geordie land Some people think we're 40 And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wing Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of the river Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home And I miss the old blind busker who stands at Phoenix door he plays a mean accordion, you've all seen him there before And I love the Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the cup again Brave the darkest in James's Park in the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wing I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound In me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle I might as well have been in jail Walk the streets all day, I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the cup again I'll brave the dog, it's in James's pocket The Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming